And it's a beautiful day. And have a beautiful day. A GM, GM. On this beautiful day. Good morning, NFTs. We put up on Seven Mando. Got the Alpha on Web 3. And it's all on Rose Radio. It's a beautiful day. Have a beautiful day. Yo, 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 what up, what up, good morning, good morning, GM, GM, two, uh, hold on, two, wait, hold on, I actually, Tuesday, Tuesday, uh, October 18th, <laughs> hold on, good morning, good morning, GM, GM, <laughs> Tuesday, October 18th, 2022. Another beautiful day to have a beautiful day. I got my co-host, OSF and Mando. What's up, y'all? Good morning. How y'all doing? GM, how you doing? I'm vibing. I'm vibing. I just played my favorite song, so I'm vibing in the heart. How's your, how, how's your mouth? It's bad. I'm actually going to the dentist the second the show ends. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. You need to start doing spaces, man. I'm pretty sure, like, after you have dental surgery, you're not going to do, like, 10 hours of spaces in, in two yeah, days. Yeah, I, I had, like, <laughs> four hours. I think I had, like, three hours of sleep. Um, today's today's very rough. Today's rough. Today's a rough one. Uh, but we did a double espresso. Um, and uh, and we we were medicated. And so, you know, uh, and I do not recommend that. It's fine. I got to do what I got to do. Uh, but, 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 yeah. Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think um, finishing surgery, going straight into a team meeting, and then uh, the next day, uh, you know, uh, spending the last the three days over the weekend um, on on spaces, uh, and uh, you know, and then uh, yesterday all day on calls, and then probably today uh, was the smartest thing. So definitely, uh, if you're getting two surgery, um, maybe just you know don't be me and shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's my advice um, to everyone today. Uh, that's my sound advice to everyone. Uh, you know, you, you just, just you know, I just can't stop talking. You know, it's uh, we're in the business of talking, so I, I gotta talk. You know, you know, we got Mondays, we got team calls for like three, four hours straight. Uh, you know, Mando, you know, Mando's on like most of them, and then uh, you know, Tuesdays is just same thing. You know, so someone's gonna do the building, and uh, and you know. I, I'm just an addict as well, so it doesn't help that I'm literally addicted to this shit. Uh, so, so it's tough, uh, it's painful, but it's okay. It's, it just makes the recovery a little longer. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out after the show. Anyways, anyways, Mando, how you doing? Good morning. Yeah, man, I'm feeling good. I know you're not feeling you're not feeling good, so I feel bad for you. But yeah, today's a good day. No, today's a good day. Today is a good day. Just waking up in the morning, gotta thank God. Ah, we're vibing. We're vibing. Hold on, let me get my cookie jar. <laughs> Honestly, I can't believe I thought that for the whole time. I thought like when you had your, your you know, you, you ground your coffee beans that you also had like a little cookie. Oh, no. So I, first of all, I started grounding my coffee beans before the show because I realized multitasking with the OSF report and then your report and you guys have soundboards and then all the shit. Uh, plus making coffee was not the vibe. So I do have my coffee fresh and ready in front of me right now. My cool cat's bug. Uh, and then, um, and second of all, I don't eat until like 
the middle of the day. Uh, so yeah, no, no cookies in the morning. Uh, but you know what? Now you make me want to get a cookie jar just for this. Uh, and good news is the soundboard is on the way. Soundboard is on the way. We're going to get the dopest gear and we're going to be able to play the dopest tunes for everybody all day, every day during the show. So it'll be fun. But anyways, today on the show, today on the show, uh, we have NFT and macro daily summary, uh, Azuki PBT announcement. And then our Clonex NFCs and Zuki PBT is the same thing. Also, Zuki made a couple uh, announcements. It's like a huge skateboard. That shit is crazy. Curious to see how uh, how much you guys think uh, this thing's gonna go for. But it's um, it's pretty impressive. Um, we also go a couple of the things we wanted to talk about. You know, we have the Coinbase NFT the other day. We forgot to mention that. We tried to mint that at point eight eight ETH. Um, I don't know what they were thinking over there, trying to make ten million dollars in this market, selling trolls. But it is what it is. And then another cool topic, which uh, if we have time, we'll get to, is uh, Ethereum co-founder Joe Lubin. Today's Metaverse is Internet circa 1994. That's my birth year. Uh, but the masses are coming. So that's interesting uh, conversation. Are we still early? And then today's sponsor is Artiverse. Uh, excited to chat gaming with them. Uh, we've done some research on them and, stuff and whatnot. And so they're a pretty solid team. And so their team is going to be coming up towards the last half hour of the show to talk about what they're up to. So excited for that. It's going to be a great chat. And with that, Without further ado, let's hear about the market because I really want to hear about it. Uh, actually, yes, it was pretty good. Uh, and so uh, let's get right into it. Daily Market Report. Brought to you by... No! Daily Market Report. <laughs> Brought to you by Rub Radio. Okay, what's the word? Yeah, hey guys, kind of an interesting day today. Um, yesterday was a very, very strong day for risk assets across the board, like equities closed another 3% higher. This morning, equities are still strong. Equities are up like one and a quarter, one and a half percent. Interest rates aren't really moving, but they're still kind of close to highs of the year. Oil's down a decent amount, oil's back down at 82, so it's good to see. Uh, but crypto is actually a little bit lower, like crypto, um, uh, maybe not, like unchanged to a touch lower. It looks like some altcoins across Talk the border. Talk about uh, your under- crypto because Mando and I's crypto is up. Uh, yeah, like our I favorite see, one. I, yeah, I see, <laughs> Ma- I see, Ma- I see, Matic is up, but there's a bunch of alts that are also down. So I don't know. Like it seems like, um, like obviously, if you compare prices from June to now, equities are lower than where they were in June, but crypto is still up like seventy to one hundred percent since since June. So crypto has outperformed over like a four or five month time period but yeah the last few days like just again we're back to like there being no vol really in crypto and given the last two days of equity moves i would have expected crypto to be higher but it hasn't really moved it's actually like a touch lower on the majors versus this time yesterday so um there seems to be like a continued lack of correlation there continued lack of volatility in crypto um while traditional markets seem what what i what i think is like just a big squeeze. It really seems to be equities uh, more than anything else that um, are squeezing. And I think maybe people are short, maybe people are defensively positioned. Like we, we go over this quite a lot in, in, in these shows, but I think that's the, the case there still. Uh, I did see Manda put out a tweet which said that the open interest is, is, has gone pretty high again for Bitcoin, which suggests maybe a lot of people uh, are shorting it, um, which is what I think happened in crypto last week before the inflation number. And I think that's always a bullish sign, especially if equities keep squeezing. But yeah, interesting like divergence today. 
Yeah, it just feels like some wind got taken out of the sails, right, slightly. Um, and we've been underperforming for the last couple of days. And then as stocks have sold off again, again today, we've just kind of migrated down. Like, it, it sort of feels like volatility is really low. I still like the setup here slightly. Like, it's been retested so many times, that, like, 1,200, 1,250 area on ETH. And let's say 18K on Bitcoin. And I think when we had uh, Wizard on here, like, the other day, we were talking about the fact that like everything's been thrown at crypto over the last two months from a from a macro standpoint, and that those levels have kind of held. So I still think it's the setup still looks like a ten percent sort of downside move uh, as your downside, and then your upside. If you if you see this this pickup pace, like this macro stability, then it could still be decent. So I like the. I don't know I like the risk reward of a trade like this. Like this is when you like judge the downside versus the upside. I think it will take a lot to see Bitcoin break through eighteen k, given what's already happened, and a lot to see ETH break through twelve hundred, given what's already happened. So that means you're looking at what that's like seven eight percent down from where it is trading right now. Um, and your upside, I think, like if if we pick up pace, could be like the high uh, one thousand, so like one thousand eight hundred, one thousand nine hundred. So that that seems like a decent upside downside trade. I'm not saying it's it's going to deliver over the next like three days, but it does feel as though downside support is pretty capped, um, and that's that's like a, an all right setup going into this. Open interest is on futures contracts has just been going nuts uh, throughout the year, and it peaked very recently. That was a lot of shorts I think being put on before the inflation figure, but it's still incredibly elevated. So. I uh, I kind of like that setup. I'm not saying macro is getting any better, but if there is, you know, you, you, what you're really thinking about here is is um, all the known knowns are priced into this market. So if something new comes out, um, then that's something that could, that could cause us to rally. So it's really something that is not expected that we're looking for here. Um, and whether that's, you know, a softening of stance in Ukraine or that's, you know, maybe some, some change in the oil prices or maybe there's going to be some better data coming out of Europe or US. I don't know what it is, but what you're really looking for, for here is like unknowns coming out. And that the, the reaction to that looks skewed to the upside, just, just uh, looking at like how things have reacted in the past. Yeah, well, good old broken record over here. Sounds like we'll be saying the same thing for the next 18 months. Uh, you know, it could go up, it could go down, but it's going to go a little sideways. Um, you know, if Bitcoin breaks 20K, I think it could head to 21K, but if it breaks down, it could perhaps head to 19 or maybe 18K, um, you know. Uh, the, the, the only certainty if it's Bitcoin hits 20K, Kaleo will tell us. <laughs> you know what, though? That is my favorite tweet. I got to say, there's, there's very few tweets that I really like seeing on the feed, and that's one of them. The other ones is your GMs. Uh, all of y'all, everyone's listening, uh, and I do enjoy reading uh, OSF and Mando's content. But you know, when I see twenty thousand United States dollar for one Bitcoin, uh, I gotta say that, and also uh, all of the rugby videos account content. So I'm lying. There's a lot of content I love seeing uh, on the timeline. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so you know, macro daddies uh, have spoken. Speaking of uh, of uh, of the rugby content, I love those clips you did of Sobi this morning. Uh, uh, 
golden. I'm gonna retweet them right now. They're funny. Uh, they're great. So be smart. And I love the clips of Shilling Dylan yesterday. <laughs> Fucking hilarious. For the those Shilling that... clips were were super live, man. <laughs> they're you hilarious. Like, uh, am I okay to post this? Yeah, dude. Of course you're fine to post this. Uh, but... <laughs> you gotta know where the line is, right? You gotta know where it's at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I know. Yesterday was really good. It was really impressive conversation. So actually, let's get right into the NFT talk because I do want to touch back on yesterday. And uh, and I was really impressed by the, by the depth of convo we had uh, on the show. But first, but first, I need to hear this one. GM, GM. So a decent day in the NFT market. Uh, again, the, the, the highest volume day in a few days. That was mainly on the back of the Azuki announcement. Um, Azuki went all the way up to, I think, just shy of 12 and then settled down at like 11.4 area. Uh, that was on their announcement. They were going to do a drop of like golden skateboards, which is like a physical good, which they're going to tie back to the token. Um, we're going to get into that a little bit later, but it's like a new open source protocol that they're bringing out called PBT. Um, that it's interesting like i think uh, as with all of these things like people are just looking for signs that these teams are kind of alive uh, i think the next announcement for azuki was meant to be around the raise and i still don't know if we got a public announcement around that um it no, was no, more... no announcement around it yeah exactly so I think this, this kind of took people slightly by surprise but it's always good to see teams lead with tech and i think azuki at the start remember with their erc 721a uh contract uh, people like that at the start for the initial mint and then now this uh, i just think people people value that way more than maybe i had initially thought like people do like to see innovation on a contract level on a blockchain level um so uh, i think that's that's interesting to see and i think people people see that as a uh, when we had kevin rose on here the other day it was like if you can see even this chasing pack come up with protocols or um, new ideas which then become the benchmark for other other projects in the space to kind of piggyback on piggyback on then that's a really good sign because it shows that they might have historical significance down the line so i think i think that sort of stuff is really interesting and um i think that is well well deserved that that floor has gone up to kind of uh 11 and it seems to be breaking away from the rest of the pack slightly like clonex um is kind of settled back to like eight area um which is kind of surprising given i thought their their announcement was very big but that's a 20k collection whereas azuki being a 10k collection has a very good owner well it has a decent owners over supply ratio so about 50 percent unique owners um and also has a very good like all the social stats for it as we already spoke about across like nft inspect are very very strong uh, a lot of, a lot of people who own azuki rocket is their profile picture so I think uh, I think that's one that could keep on going. If I'm honest, and we don't we don't own any, so uh, I, I just think that that's that's one that I still like on like a breakout. Uh, anyway, that that was just under a thousand ETH in sales. Uh, the beans uh, just were the second highest. I think they went above a hundred. You saw a very large punk sale. I think uh, in the last few hours, uh, hoodie punk sold for three hundred seventy ETH which is, um, as these would put it, comfy. We saw a very high Azuki sale, I think just before the announcement, 150 ETH um, sale again from Azuki, which is one of the, the, the high sales out there. And then, then we had a, another Fidenza sale, uh, I think by Cosmo de, de Medici at, at like 120 area. So those are the three highest sales. Um, not, nothing really more other than that to report. Uh, 
floor prices seem seem relatively unchanged since yesterday. Uh, ApeCoin is obviously drifting lower with the rest of the market, which which I think is dragging down some of the Yuga assets into potential staking. Um, we already saw that. We already said yesterday that might be delayed by um, by uh, a couple of weeks. Um, and then like the Digi Dai Gaku universe continues to like perform uh, pretty well. Uh, that floor is kind of back up to kind of uh, uh, I think it's uh, twelve ETH area or 11, 11 ETH area. But they also had like a, a related drop. Um, which is up to around 25 ETH. Um, I've forgotten the name of it right now, but that, yeah, that's, I don't know. They seem to be doing innovative things, very small supply for each one of their NFT drops, which then become the, the access key into into their universe. I was skeptical at the start, but it does seem like mm-hmm. that universe seems to be winning over a lot of different people in the NFT community. Yeah, uh, nice Fidenza, by the way, that uh, that he bought, Kazamo. Dude, I, I want a Fidenza. So, do you guys have one? We don't. I actually have a funny, funny story. I was gonna um, back when they were like zero point five ETH floor. Oh. I was like, I was like literally about to buy like ten of them, and um, you've all been there. Yeah, and then what happened was DC invested. Like, I, I was like, I'm gonna like, I was in the punks Discord. They're like, you should buy these. I was like, cool. I was on my way home from work. I was like, I'm gonna buy them. And then by the time I got home, like, I was just about to do it, and then DC invested just swept like twenty of them or something like that. And I put the floor to like one and a half ETH. And I was like, oh, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to pay that. Uh, and I fucking missed it. But the, the thing is, like, even if I bought them at zero point five ETH, I know for sure I would have sold them at like fucking two ETH or two and a half ETH or something like that. So I wasn't deserving of, uh, of buying them. He was much more deserving of buying them than me. But um, well, I love them. I think Obi, that's always a good question. Would Would you rather have never bought them, and, and or bought them and sold them at two ETH? Like I, I always wonder that too. Never. Like, Never bought them yet. Same. Never bought the answer. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Like, if I bought them and I sold them too early, I'd have just been like, "Fuck." Um, but I was like, "Ah, oh, I never really did it." And then it's not, you know, you, you don't really feel as bad. But uh, yeah, those are the, that's the mental traumas of being uh, being in NFTs. <laughs> I remember looking at them um, early, but also again, like in the tenth, twelfth region, and um, I was seriously considering it. I remember it was like the June last slash like early summer last year, I had just met D's and we were like hosting all these spaces together and like I had just just met D's like maybe I was a week old into like our friendship, whatever you call it. Uh and and then I was like, dude, like I like these fidanzas, what do you think I should be doing? Like 12 ETH, they're dope. And he was like, Well, I can't really like advise, you know, like it's like it's nice, I have one, but I minted mine, right? So, you know, D's always like more on the conservative side, you know. He's like, Well, I minted one, so I feel bad telling you to pay like, you know, 10 ETH when I paid like, you know, whatever mid price was. Um I was like, okay, and at the time, I wasn't, like, a D-Gen, right? I wasn't yet going to, you know, rip in, like, 10, 12, 15, and then FD. And I just skipped it, and then I just watched it fly by me over that um, over that uh, that that art block summer, right? And we all know what happened last summer, and that was my story with Fidenza. I was like, fuck, and now it's like, well, you to buy one, you got to be in a certain position, and it's like, you know you're not in it for the flip, and you know you got to wait a few years, right? It's like, kind of like... So I was like, well, you know, at this stage, I was like Nakamoto or like a Fidenza or like this. Now I was like, ah, I'll go for, you know, I can only pick one, right? <laughs> or another punk. I was like, ah, it'll be the Fidenza. Uh, it'll be the Nakamoto, sorry, uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, and so it's, uh, it, it was funny, but yeah, that was my Fidenza story. But it's cool. Like, dude, I just like, 
I just love them. You know, hopefully, obviously, like bucket listed for one day. You know, it's one thing that you'll own, you know, in a few years and 10. I don't care if it's in 10 years, you know, but it's like one of those that one day I just want to have. And like these, I was on FaceTime with these last night. And he was showing me his wall with like three Fidenzas on, you know, printed out that Tyler Hobbs sent them because you could like print them, right? And it's just, it's just such a nice, like, it's so cool when you see them like large on the wall, like printed out. I don't know. I think it's uh, it's super cool. Uh, but on the NFT side again, man. Yeah, dude, impressive, man. Dude, like I know we're gonna talk about it in a second here, but man, like nothing else to say. Like just nothing. But I'm impressed. Like we've been saying it for a minute. Like and then you guys sold out, and yet you're still like saying, like, look, we're impressed by how they're 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 doing it. I sold four of my six after everything that happened, so I still have two. And I think I sold half my beans. So I have about two or three beans. I don't know if I want to keep the beans personally, but I did keep them in case something happens. Uh, but I have my two Azukis and I like, look, like, again, like, it's 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 hard to say anything. Like, despite all the Zaga FUD, which is still not fixed, it doesn't mean it's fixed or whatnot. But hey, it's it's despite that, that usually is enough um, to literally kill a project, right? And you guys know that. And then, you know, all the stuff they've been through and then the, the drastic floor price that went down, blah, 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 blah. And then they're still there. And, and it's like 61 sales, like almost 12 ETH yesterday the floor. It's crazy, bro. It's in this market, 1,000 ETH in volume, uh, you know, between Beans and Zuki, over 1,000 ETH. It's, uh, dude, um, it's uh, it's pretty wild. It's, you got to, fuck, it's impressive. Um, and so I know we're going to get into it in a second. Uh, besides that, yeah, did you die, Gaku? Dude, uh, so Mando, I think, uh, so Gabriel, Obviously, he's been tweeting a lot. Uh, now he's all into the marketplaces and whatnot. Says he's figured it out. So he's just like very. He's a funny. I think it's he's a character, right? Do you guys follow him at all or, or read him? He's <laughs> dude. This guy is funny, man. He's entertainment. I don't know if you guys uh, follow him at all or like read what he's been saying recently. Or no, I wasn't there on the I've weekend. Never, I heard he, yeah. he was on all the spaces over the weekend, right? Like you were there. Like what, what, what was the commentary? No, no, it's not even that. It's just like. It was mostly around like the, 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 he was actually, I don't know, he, that was something else. That, that's, that's different when he was on with Frank and, and Tiffany from Magic Eat and whatnot. But he just, he's been talking about building his own marketplace now or whatnot. And they already had this other airdrop and this and that. He just continues to just like plow forward. If not anything, that's probably the one I regret selling the most this year. Like this is, if not in the last year and a half, like this is one of the most painful sales. Uh, it's pretty wild. Uh, another four Chromey Squiggle sales. Um, Good to see. It's almost 13 ETH there. Uh, and then, did you guys see uh, Andrew's splat thing yeah. he did yesterday? And yesterday uh, with uh, Devotion XYZ, that's his company. Um, they uh, they did a stealth drop at 0.05 ETH. Um, it was called Splat. And the artist behind it um, was Danny Cole uh, from Creature World. And actually, that one's funny. So basically, you know how, uh, how these people... Uh, you know how these people... Um, uh, you know how these people, the, 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 the these morons, I'm going to call them these clowns. They went and they ruined the sunflower by Van Gogh. They threw the tomato soup at it uh, the other day because uh, apparently it's, it's, uh, it's to raise awareness uh, against, uh, you know, um, climate change. Uh, well, they did this like tomato soup can where you can go on any other person's NFT and like splash it. <laughs> so that was hilarious. Uh, and they minted out. It was like 0.05 ETH stealth drop. So, you know, fun. Uh, a fun little first drop that they did, kind of like a little art, uh, artsy thing um, to make a statement, which is really cool. Uh, I don't know what it's sat right now, uh, but I thought that was really fun. Uh, I think they were trading all the way to 0.5 ETH last night. 
Yeah, point forty-seven. Oh no, point fifty-six. So whoever managed to get it for point of five ETH, congrats! Uh, it's like fun little things. I think I like what they did. You know, I don't have any. Uh, I wish I had. I was there doing the stealth. Uh, I think I was in the shower. Uh, sadly, uh, but even during the stealth space, like it sold out before they closed out the space. They're like, okay, it's live. Bam, it was sold out. So. Yeah. And and you know what? It's fun. Like it's it's him and Psyduck and, and and you know it's it's I, I just think it's fun. You know things like that in the space, and especially in a, in a time like this, you know, in this market, you know, you, you love to see some 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 stuff like that going on. Um, and then honestly, um, I personally been diving back in. I haven't had time in the last few weeks. I'm so busy, but it's good to. I went back to my to to, to the mother chain, uh, and I bought a couple peppers last night. <laughs> Brian Brinkman's. Uh, I bought. Uh, I bought. Uh, what is it? Uh, Rick Olsenbrooks uh, also, and I. I'm hearing. I'm hearing that my homie over here has a fake rare drop in. Let's go. I can't wait to meet yours, Ovi. It's tomorrow, right? For the public? Uh, yeah, allow listers today and then public is tomorrow. That's right. Yeah, these these are cool. But you, I don't think there's a lot of allocations left to public, right? I think, it's yeah, it depends how many people take their allow list today. I think the number is probably going to be like around 30, maybe 40, probably less than 40. I'd say about 30. Or less. Yeah, I think um, the shop. Yes, they were talking about around twenty nine. Actually, if they yeah, get... yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm in there at night sometimes when I just really want to like, uh, like you know, uh, get out of this ecosystem. Sometimes you know, spend a few hours in there. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. Beautiful art. Even if like you can't afford it and you're listening to this, just go like and look at pipe.wtf. Like it's so much good art. Uh, so yeah, I know you have your card drop in tomorrow. I'm I can't wait to mint mine. Uh, to be honest, I mean you don't really mint them, but anyways, can't wait to get mine. Um, it's gonna be a lot of fun, and that's about it. But yeah, Mando, let's talk about what's going on with the Zuki. Um, the the the, and I'm gonna go ahead and pin it as well. Uh, but they launched, uh, you know, PBT. So maybe uh, here I'll give you the mic. Maybe you wanna intro that. Yeah, it's just a physical backed uh, token that Azuki's uh, announcing. Like we have heard similar things like this before. Um, this is obviously G Money did a kind of a fashion style drop, which is using. Uh, NFC technology, and then you've seen Artifact do this with a few of their drops recently. But it's this concept that um, you are going to be able to link physical goods back to back to the blockchain. Um, have you pinned it, or or should I? It's good. It's there. It's been. Oh, for some reason, I think I'm like slightly slowly You'll getting see, it, it slowly getting seconds, here. Um, But yeah, the uh, I think yeah, the idea is that they're going to do a drop of um, I believe it's a number of different gold uh skateboards um a handful of them and uh i'm trying to check how many how many it is but it's, it's only like it's, it's only a handful of them but they're going to be able to then you can be able to scan them uh with your phone i i assume and then that will then be able to update uh the nft that you hold with this uh with this good so i think what they showed in this example is that the azuki's can like show a gold skateboard in the background when you have it i think the innovation here is that there it basically allows for the trading of that good as well so if for example someone was to buy that skateboard from you and then scanned it for themselves they could then uh that skateboard then moves uh from their nft to your nft so it is this concept that um, there is going to allow this trading of physical goods uh, while still being able to update uh, on the blockchain of uh, provenance of what's what's gone on in terms of the transactions transactions in real life. So uh, it's an interesting interesting development. I think uh, it's maybe what I would say 
NFC Plus, which is kind of the technology that uh, Artifact is using, although it does feel as though Artifact perhaps are doing a number of different things. Um, but this does seem interesting in that it does allow for the trading of those in real, uh, in real life goods and that provenance to be updated on uh, on the blockchain. It then looks like this is like going to be an open source um, uh, protocol, which then people can can use themselves. So it will be um, it will be interesting to see like which uh, or open source token at least, not protocol. But it's going to be interesting to see if other people in the NFT community projects uh, take this and, and use this for themselves. Because I do think that concept of of wearables is quite a big one. The idea that you'd be able to update the metadata of, of your NFT based on some sort of physical good that you 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 receive. I think could be quite a big one, and it kind of bridges the world, the link between the two of them. So I, I think this is quite a fun innovation. Um, I, th I, th I think the issue sometimes with updating metadata is it kind of goes back to the idea that some people just don't. They think like if you're owning collectibles, the rarity and value of that collectible shouldn't really. It should be. Um, I don't know. It shouldn't change. Like there are some questions about whether this really links that well back to collectibles themselves. For Artifact, I think it, it worked well because Artifact, I personally have always felt like they were always going to sell you things like wearables and it always felt a bit more fashion-oriented fashion oriented rather than, let's say, CryptoPunks, um, you know, value shouldn't change and, you know, don't, don't, don't fuck with punks. Um, so I, I think it kind of suits this. And Azuki also seems to be going down the route of, of kind of a supreme angle where it's going to be probably selling these sort of fit, uh, in real life fashion style goods or, or, or um, I don't know, streetwear. So I, I do think it works for them as well. I'm not sure if like this necessarily will be taken up by board apes, for example, because I think people don't really want their board apes to be fucked with, at least in terms of the metadata and definitely not with something like punks. But it is interesting to see like which collections feel that they can they can experiment with this technology while their community doesn't uh, attack them for changing the, the original metadata. Or at least updating so, the metadata. So I have a question for you, and, and I don't want to sound like ignorance, just a question. Is this, is what's the difference between PBT and NFC chips? Is there is there a core difference here? I, I'm genuinely curious because I was looking into it yesterday, but I don't know much more. So I wanted to ask you or anyone who may know better than me. It seems as though of what I can see, like uh, what it used to work with NFC chips is that you could just scan them. Um, but that idea that provenance would change uh, if somebody else was to scan it and that you would see the transfer of that good, um, or at least the record of that transfer of that good on the blockchain, that's something slightly new in PBT. Now, that's not to say what something like that that can't be done with NFC technology. It's just that this application seems seems to be focused on the idea that that physical good could also trade. Um, so I, I personally think this is going to be a battle of acronyms. Like this is this. There's going to be a bunch of different people all claiming that they were the first to do this sort of technology, and they're probably going to be slightly nuanced in the ways that they're doing it. Um, I think Artifact will probably be like, oh, I know our technology is superior, and we're going to do a bunch of different things with it, and you know, they might be. Um, but this is the angle that Azuki's kind of gone for with, with this PBT application. And they're trying to make that clearly the, you know, the standard for other collections as well. So don't be surprised if you see both Azuki and Artifact both trying to claim that their technology is kind of at the forefront of this. I think I saw something from the Artifact head of tech basically congratulating Azuki. Um, so I'm sure they're both complementary of each other, but like, like 
make no mistake, these these two technologies are probably going to try and compete against each other, and both are probably in the medium term going to be trying to claim. It's a lot of three letter acronyms, bro. Yeah. Well, Mando, I was going to say it's spot on. It's like just like Zuck is saying, "Hey, I'm going to build a metaverse," and then Cook comes out and says, "It's all about augmented reality." It's the exact same thing, just a different marketing term. One thing I will say that you just mentioned, which sounds really amazing, what they did—they made it open source. And like, I'm not saying there's one right way or wrong way. Like, yes, Nike is a massive corporation. They're going to patent the shit out of everything they do. But like now we're seeing someone actually trying to build something that's open source and not patent it. And I, I find that very interesting to take away here. I think, yeah, that's, that is massive. And that clearly that was well received by the community as well, because and I kind of, I'm not going to repeat myself too much, but that's basically what Kevin Rose was saying as well. Like you, I think when you're aiming for historical significance, you kind of want other communities to copy what you're doing like build on build on your shoulders basically because then it's seen as oh these were the first people to do this sort of stuff so personally i think if you have these sort of levels of innovation which push the space forward it's going to be strange i think for a lot of web 2 or let's say traditional corporates because they'll probably think that you know this is our ip we don't want anyone building upon it but in the world of nfts and collectibles often first means collectibles are valued higher and there's going to be that tension i think on an ongoing basis where they where they question whether this this makes their nft become more of a collector's item and that creates more value or do they give up their you know proprietary ip for doing stuff like this so interesting actually you know it's fun to see though the respect that uh you talk about artifact I know Benoit was saying, aside from Clone, I think Azuki's the strongest community and, and whatnot. Benoit, of course, is the co-founder of Artifact Studios. Artifact came on the show uh, not long ago. The whole team. Azuki, by the way, open invite. They should definitely come through. I don't know if Zaga is going to come on other spaces, but, you know, I know Damna listens. Uh, but uh, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, where that goes. It's a lot of three-letter acronyms, uh, which goes to ask, uh, I want to ask everyone, what is your favorite uh, three-letter acronym? You know, is it PBT? Is it um nfc or is it sec wow we're all fucked no honestly mine is pbj peanut butter and jelly it's the best three-letter acronym there exists because it's the one that brings joy to everybody in the world uh it's even more than nft anyways uh <laughs> but no excited about that but also like that skateboard dude there's skateboarder a lot this is tradition is crazy so hear me out i'm gonna pin it as well it says proof of skate uh, and I'm going to pin it right now so for everybody to see in a couple seconds. Um, the Golden Skateboard installation will run from October 19th to 23rd at the K11 Museum um, Gold Ball in Hong Kong. It will be open to public. It's a public auction of this 45-pound, 24-karat gold uh, skateboard. And I think there's a couple of them, like six or something, if I'm going to see. There's a, there's a few. But furthermore, I like what they did in terms of like uh, the proof of skate. And they also did this whole... like. A portal to like show your zukis and and um and uh and to show like you know they, they're really building this like almost this like social platform for their holders i don't know i feel like they're they've just really been cooking up you know uh and that's what i've been saying like for weeks months i'm like a lot of people are just not seeing through like it's more than just one fucking individual behind that right it's like a lot of people i'm assuming um and so they're they're they're, they're coming through like They've come a wrong way for that six ETH bottom with mega flood. It's interesting. It's impressive. I just have to say it's impressive, Mando. It's interesting that it's in Hong Kong, don't you think? Well, that's I mean, they don't have their, like, for me. don't they have this, like, like tycoon, like, one of the richest people in the, in Hong Kong, like, as their top holder? 
so I think that's that's clearly it. But um, yeah. you know, it's it's clearly more of a Japanese culture brand, and uh, China's yeah, not Southeast been that, Asian, that kind. You know, has not been has not been that kind to to, to NFTs or um, blockchain like blockchain holders for the last. I mean, Japan know. is right. Right, exactly. We we came on this show and Japan was like, yeah, please come here. Like we're gonna making lots of investment. But I think yeah, you're right in saying that it's probably just related to the hundred uh, percent. It has to be. I mean, to the that, equity raise. Remember Sam Punk Nano Five? I was telling us like there's a few families that like literally own everything in Hong Kong, and he's one of them. So it's like it's pretty dope, right? I mean, it helps when right? you have like someone like that. You know, if he wants a couple rug radio NFTs, by all means. Uh, <laughs> KD, what's up? Yeah, uh, jumping on the PBT, I think something that this addresses, which is kind of uh, an issue right now, at least that I see in the space with the the NFTs connected to the physicals, is it's more, at least the implementation that I've currently seen, is it's more really just for the primary sale versus being created in a way to sustain itself over time with the providence. And I think that's something that they're trying to address here with the PBT, that it's something that's going to move over time, even with the quote unquote, like secondary sales, if it's moved or gifted to other people, being able to update that on chain. I think that's something that is actually moving that space forward in terms of like the nft physicals because that's at least something that early on when i was getting into the nft space that was like one of the first obvious use cases for me is like connecting those digital objects to be able to be like that physical things too but i also think it's very important for them to stay connected over time because if they just disconnect right away when they're first like bought by somebody it, it like it almost you're just really getting two things at that point versus one thing that's connected into like realms. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to see how they what they evolve from there. But yeah, they, it seems like they've always wanted to go towards that lifestyle brand, man. Remember like their ad campaign that was like I thought. Remember we thought for a second they were gonna collab with Supreme because it was like kind of a a nudge at Supreme and did the whole ad campaign over California, LA with like the the Zuki flag, red flag in the back. So it seems like they've really been wanting to go down that route. They have this like high end jacket being done. Uh, I'm actually curious to, to to get mine and see how it feels. Uh, but anyways, uh, I put a poll up. Uh, what is your favorite three-letter acronym? PBT, NFC, SEC, or PBJ? So the people, uh, let me know what you like best. Uh, also, are we still early? Which was another acronym. Uh, another news. Sorry, another NFT news. Um, Mando, you you texted me right now, and I didn't even realize because I do have both of my Moonbirds nested since 89 days. But tomorrow is gold nesting. One day left until gold nest. I wonder what I'm going to get this time. I got a fanny pack last time. I didn't claim it yet. I should go claim it. Uh, it will come in handy during conference season. I get a lot of gifts, a lot of stickers uh, and cards. So I got to put, you know, put them somewhere. Uh, but what do you think we're going to get into that gold nest? I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not a Moonbirds holder. <laughs> I do own one Moonbirds oddities, uh, floor, floor oddities. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, Last time it was fanny packs and a bunch of different small gifts. I kind of felt that they reacted to that. Like they, they heard it wasn't really enough. So hopefully this stuff is pretty cool. Um, Bronze but obviously Nest, there's a lot. Silver Nest, yeah. we got. Uh, we got the fanny packs. And then tomorrow we'll see what we get. Uh, Only way is up, really, from there, isn't it? Unless they're socks, it would be down. We already got socks. It was fanny pack socks and a bunch oh, of stuff. Yeah. So, um, so we'll see what it is. I'm, I'm curious to see if this affects the floor at all when it comes to the, the nesting and whatnot. But anyways, so there's that coming up, uh, which is uh, which we'll see what's good with that. 
Um, and so, you know, I don't know if there's any Moonbirds holder down there that want to that come chat on that or that know anything's coming. But I don't think, you know, Kevin's been hinting it much. I mean, we, we did have it on the show a week ago. Um, I still got to go and download the show back. Uh, and so um, we had that on. We'll see what happens. And other news, in other news, uh, I, I I don't know if I want to talk about this, man, though, because I'm genuinely, like, I don't know what they were thinking. I know we're all going to, like, be on the same page here, so it's not going to be a big conversation. But Coinbase NFT, uh, they dropped these, like, uh, they were, well, I mean, they tried to drop uh, these, like, trolls, uh, the DreamWorks. You know those little trolls y'all used to collect as kids? I mean, I used to have them back in France. Um, they tried to sell... Um, 8,888 of them for 0.88 ETH. Uh, sounds like Crypto 888 is back. I'm just kidding. Obviously, it's not affiliated. Um, but uh, they tried to sell them uh, for and raise like 7,000-something ETH, which was like $10.1 million. Uh, obviously, that didn't sell out. I think uh, the pre-sale sold to like 500 holders, which was 2,500 of them. No, less. Anyways, they made like 2,500 ETH. And then uh, and then I think like a couple hundred sold on, 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 on the real sale. My question is, what is Coinbase NFT fucking doing? Like, I just don't get it at this stage. What do you think? Like, what? I, I, bad though, like, I, I just don't get it. Like, I genuinely don't understand what's happening there. I don't mean that in a rude way. I just don't understand what's going on. Like, so how I, I, the biggest exchange, like, be so out of tune with the space? I think I think part of this is is is, is, is strange, right? This is with DreamWorks. It's super strange, bro. But everyone's heard of DreamWorks, and everyone's Everyone in crypto gaming has heard of Gala Games. It's probably one of the the biggest, uh, huge. you know, g- yeah, great. huge, right? Huge. huge. After Animoca, it's it's definitely one of the biggest. Good people too. So it's one of these strange things where I think the NFT space feels gets up in arms about these drops. They've, they've been obviously on drops in the past, um, and they were that was that eight 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 collection. But there was also they've done these Vox collectible series. This is a collectible series that's been going on for the last two years. And the end game of this is that these Vox collectibles are going to be used in some sort of metaverse, which is being built alongside. I think the creator of The Sims is going to be building the uh, the like metaverse for Gala Games. So there is like an end game here of uh, a proper metaverse. And you know, I think everyone played The Sims. I know OSF did uh, religiously. So. I think. Oh, did he have a Sims phase? Was he? Uh, did he have that phase? He was, was huge in it, apparently. That's huge. Um, what, what, what I found really interesting, too, like DreamWorks is technically universal. They got bought forever ago, and you know, like this is just Gala coming in and licensing, like you know, IP from NBC here, like, and it's those guys that know nothing about this space. But I mean, Coinbase is definitely out of touch here. But it's kind of now, if you look at it, it's what. Uh, Magic Eden, and it's what um, OpenSea are also kind of starting to do with like these featured projects and more celebrity IP driven things. Um, so I definitely think that's the direction we're going. But the price point and the way they're doing it is just ridiculous, without a doubt. I, but I, I think the I price point. Go ahead, Mando. Go ahead. The price point I think has to be put in the context of crypto gaming. Like I, I don't know if I know we're not really that aware of it, but. The crypto gaming market regularly has pretty big drops. Like in the middle of June, Alluvium sold $72 million of land, $72 million of land, like I think the second week of June. And I don't know anyone who bought it. I don't know anyone. <laughs> uh, it's $72 million. That's, that's, that's almost as big as the other stuff. Well, uh, you know, before gas, like that, that is a huge, huge drop. Um, so I think part of it is that these two communities are very, very separated. It does feel like the the crypto gaming market is 
dominated by a bunch of different uh, crypto VCs, which do large scale investing. You often you often tend to find with a lot of the land sales um, in the past, for example, that the number of unique owners is very low, and like there are specific funds which do big investing in that, and also not really Western. I would say that like the large amount of the of the crypto gaming market is based in Asia, um, and to be fair, like it doesn't feel like the the NFT collectibles market does feel. You know, we all do these spaces in English. Like there is, it's more the exception rather than the rule that you 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 that seems to dominate at least the rhetoric that goes on on Twitter. So I think it's perhaps just like a separation of communities right now, which will eventually re-merge with each other. Like you did say, like there's not many of these which have sold out, but it's not unsurprising that you see these NFT gaming companies try and do big drops. They they've been doing them a lot for the last two years. Um, and they never really encroached upon the uh, the broader NFT collectibles market. Hmm. Yeah, I mean they were they were catering to niche for sure, um, and that's why they sold out. I mean, I looked it up. That company they had three other drops, which all had relatively high floors around the point seven, point eight, uh, around the the mint price. So it seems like they are creating this whole thing. Uh, but I don't like. They have their core, which is like probably the 500 people who minted it, right? Because it, it, it was saying like 500 holders or something, five to 600, somewhere around that. Um, and But it's just like, I, I, so to me, it's not even about the person who did the job. It's fine. It's like, whatever. They have the big IP, DreamWorks, Trolls. They're building a whole thing around it. Gala Games is extremely reputable, extremely legitimate for what it's worth. Um, and they're doing a bunch of dope shit. It's just like, for me, it's on the Coinbase side. I'm, I don't understand what's happening there. I genuinely don't get. But it's not just Coinbase. Like It's like, even like if you look at the crypto media sometimes i look at what they're writing about nfts and it's, it seems like it, that's why there's this disconnect still between ct and like nft twitter like it's just like the crypto space in general even has even they have a complete disconnect with the nft space as a whole uh which is it's very interesting and so i don't think we're gonna get anywhere close to mass adoption you know we were talking about this article with joe lubin uh, mando until even the, our own space, <laughs> our own broader ecosystem uh, adopts NFTs or understands it first. I feel it's the, we're early. Here we go. We'll say it again. We are early. That's pretty wild. Uh, but that was, uh, that, was, um, that was interesting. Mando, what do you think? Are we still early? Yeah, of course. Like when oh, one part of the NFT... <laughs> when one part of the NFT space has no interaction with the other part of the NFT space, it still feels early. Um this kind of is comparable to when people said like punks never really reacted with the end of the, 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 the other beginnings of the NFT space. Like it th still feels like we're pretty separated um, and disparate. And obviously as we grow, I think, I think uh, you'll start to hear about this stuff more. Yeah, no, you're right. I guess we'll see, uh, we'll see where things go there. Uh, but it was just like, it was just ballsy for me uh, to, to see uh, them attempt to do a $10 million sale, like in this market. I don't know. I don't know, uh, but it was. Uh, I, I mentioned it. Uh, I was talking to a few people, and then I found out more about it. So I, I knew about it. It's just, um, you know, it seems like they're like you said. You you kind of hit the nail on the head. It was like they're building their own uh, with the Sims, their own metaverse and game, and they do have this proper team behind it. But maybe it's a marketing thing. I don't know. Uh, but it's also maybe like some people genuinely don't cater to to Twitter at all, and they're looking for for uh, to something else. So. It's, uh, it's interesting to see how divided the space is. I was going to say, like, you know, if we onboard, like, millions of users, there's no, nothing that says that they're going to like the same bags that we like. 
Like they might like completely different bags than that we have and that we like. And you know, are you they're not going to buy our bags? <laughs> they'll. I mean, our bags will still be okay. It's going to be like a niche that is like an important niche. But like you know, like all when all these normies come on, they're going to have like their own things that they like, and it might be you know fucking trolls or something stupid. Like who knows what it's going to be. <laughs> yeah yeah it's interesting uh what's that what do you think are we 1994 early i, I don't think we're I think, look, I think there's a there comes a time where like you can't always just keep saying we're early and the fact that we are early so i'm i'm kind of more in the uh in the middle of the park like look a lot of stuff has come a long way when i started in the nfts back in march 21 which isn't really that late which isn't really that early, I mean, by the grand scheme of things. Like, NFTs were around 2016. So, already, I wasn't really that early. But, like, back then, like, no one, the, the general public didn't know what an NFT was. Like, most brands and organizations didn't have um, any Web3 strategy. Like, there were Sotheby's or Christie's didn't have any, like, NFT auctions. So, like, I felt like that was, like, even though I was late to the game, that actually genuinely felt early. Whereas, like, now, like, you know, NFT, the concept of NFTs is, like, quite widely known. Every single legacy brand or corporate has some kind of like Web3 strategy that they're working on or trying to figure out. So like we're not early in terms of like um, this is an unknown concept, um, but we are early in terms of like people haven't figured out the right way to incorporate this and, and the right way to unlock its value. So like it's tough to say because, you know, when, people, when you tell people we're early, it's like, OK, cool. That, that means like my bags can all go a lot higher. Um, and I think the answer to that is like, I don't know if that's necessarily the case for like a lot of the NFTs out there, I think it is the case for crypto and Ethereum, and especially because it's, you know, like 60 or 70% down from the highs, and that seems to me like the most glaringly obvious trade if you're trying to express the we're early idea. But, you know, some of the other stuff, may, maybe not so much, and I think you have to really, like, um, curate things and pick and choose. So, I don't know, like, I think we're, I think we're early-ish, but I also think the low-hanging fruit of, like, we're really early has kind of gone now, I would say. I don't know. I disagree with you. I think we are really early. Uh, you know, my grandma still doesn't know how to use um, how to use a MetaMask wallet. I'm just kidding. Uh, and so, Ed, what do you think? Are we early? Man, I don't even know if it matters, to be quite honest. I really feel like, yeah, I kind of I agree with 5511. Like, if there's a, a whole new batch... They're gonna want different things and stuff. I, I I really don't know what I'm really what I'm what I'm really concerned with is what is gonna have staying power. And so, uh, if we're early or not, uh, what has staying power now, or what seems like the most important NFT, or what we all like, you know, rally around, would that also be important when more people coming? Um, what does a mass adoption look like with NFTs as, you know, when we have like this art ecosystem here, is that going to be the biggest thing or is there going to be other things? Um, and and so I, I don't know how that looks really. So, yeah, I guess we are still early, but I also feel like y'all just, everyone should just worry about being able to stay. I don't know. It's like have legacy, legacy like staying power. That's just uh, something I've just been no, thinking yeah. about lately. I think about that every day, bro. You know, it's all about like, you know, the legacy you're gonna leave on chain, you know, forever and and, and, and remain relevant, especially when you're building brand in the space, right? Like we have to show up. 
uh, every day in order to stay relevant in a space like this that moves very fast. And I have a question for you. Um, do you think I'll beat you in a dance battle? No. I don't know, man. I think I would. I think I would. I um, honestly was in that. Who who tweeted that? I was like. <laughs> I'm not why, naming why, people behind the rug with purposes. Why am I in this tweet? I. I... <laughs> <laughs> You're just too good for her, eh? You're just that I, level above. I mean, I just I just think, you know, they could have y'all could have picked someone else. I was like, wow, this is this is I told them not to do it, Ed. I told them not to do it. but I, I, I believe that um y'all can dance also. Uh, you know, um you should see you should see Ovi's moves at his wedding. The guy can put any glass full over his head and he can like shake his hips you know like he's got it going on you know uh, in the meantime he does his like hand movements you know you should i, I posted a video back then i uh, <laughs> i do believe that osf i like you know and i don't ever think i would ever say this but i think he could probably beat my ass like he's a, like a boxing champ like that that i didn't even know yeah but you I got I could... you got reach so I, I, saw, I saw that pitch i was like okay i guess this old dude, I mean, sorry, OSF isn't old. Sorry, that my, my, my <laughs> Wow, wow. Aren't you guys the same age? No, he's older than me. By you. <laughs> I, think you're, I think you're older than me, Ed. How am I the old dude? I'm 32. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, you're a year younger than me. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Let that be noted. It's recorded. Y'all know that OSF is older than me by a year. Thank you. And so, oh, there he is. He has cracked me up. Anyways, we're talking about gaming. We're talking about metaverse. What better way but to bring in Artiverse? Ooh, okay, that was terrible. But <laughs> <laughs> we have, dude, you guys keep like handing me those transitions on the silver platter. You did the same thing yesterday. We're talking about royalties and art. Boom! We have our art curators on stage. And now you talk about metaverse. You come with gaming. Boom! We have the Artiverse team on stage. We have Armin, we have Ryan, co-founders uh, of the Artiverse GMGM. Welcome. What's up? Welcome. Thanks for having us. Hey. Nice so, to be here. Uh, good, nice to meet y'all. I'm, I'm glad we were able to, to, to have you all on the show today. Shout out to you guys. Uh, and so, you know, let's get right into it. Honestly, like we're, we're already, we're already uh, in, in this topic. We're already on, on, uh, on pace with that. Um, and so just checking. Can, can everybody hear me right? Um, yeah. Is my connection yeah. good? Yeah, you're good. Yeah. There you go. Mando, you're the one rugged. See, the connection in Portugal is never good. It's never good. So much for so much for moving to Portugal. I'm in London. I'm in London now. No, no, no. Listen, listen, listen. Like, I They're just rerouting it through Lisbon, are they? Rate. I understand you want to you wanna, you wanna, you wanna, you wanna go to tax haven for crypto. You want to avoid taxes. Not only did Portugal end up slapping taxes on y'all, but you have terrible Wi-Fi. Uh, and so, so anyways, so now that you guys can hear me, we have the Artiverse on stage here, and from what I've read, uh, you guys are working on some pretty cool stuff. And so, you know, Ryan or Armin, uh, whoever wants to, like, kind of, like, if you want to introduce yourself first and, like, introduce what you guys are, 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 are building with RT, like, please, the stage is yours. All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, so Armando and I founded Arty a few years ago, and what we've been building is a way to stream really high-quality games with NFT game assets right into social media, no app downloads. So think of it as sort of like web games on steroids, or another way to think of it is like a hybrid between a, a web game and a cloud game. But you know, just imagine scrolling through Twitter, 
clicking a link in your feed, and then you're in full screen in the embedded browser of Twitter playing a game that's running in Unity, and you're owning those game assets. You know, you can take them with you to other games in our ecosystem that we might build in the future or to any other ecosystem that accepts them. That's pretty cool. And so and so what's your background, Ryan, if I may ask? Like, do, have you always been into gaming? What, what were you doing before this? Like, what's, what's, the, what's your story? Yeah, I mean, um, I'm a lifelong gamer. Grew up loving games, movies, entertainment. Went into the entertainment business. Worked at CA. Was a studio executive in movies for over 12 years at Paramount and Fox. And then went into AR and VR when that kind of hype cycle came through around 2016. And that's where I met Armando. Um, who also has a background in technology, working for the founder of YouTube and uh, in visual effects and VR. And we kind of felt like VR is awesome, but it's going to take some time. So we thought there was more to do on mobile. And, you know, quite frankly, mobile games are the biggest growth sector in all of gaming. But, you know, for a lot of people like us, they're not very cool. And there's not a lot of fun mobile games that we think are like, you know, edgy or left of center. So we were like, what if we could bring really crazy games into social media you know, that are of a higher quality, but then, of course, put the player first, cut out all the middlemen, no app downloads, no store fees to Apple and Google, but most importantly, you know, let players own their game assets. So that's kind of what we've doing. We hired a team of about 50 people, uh, venture-backed. We have people from Riot Games, Activision Blizzard, EA, Zenga, Disney, Coinbase, the list kind of goes on and on. Um, but I'll uh, let Armando maybe introduce himself as well and add a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, Ryan pretty much covered it, but, you know, coming from visual effects and VR and AR, um, I was just kind of really interested in the future uh, of entertainment broadly. And it seemed like game engines were going to be, you know, the way that people experience entertainment in the future. So that's kind of where it started. And then um, the blockchain side of things and the instant nature of of how we render the games um, both seemed like key components of that future. Um, so that's kind of what we're trying to do. And um, our first game, um, Alpha, is actually coming out very, very soon. <laughs> so we're excited about that. This month, probably within the next couple of weeks, we're actually doing a season two NFT drop of playable game characters on Thursday. And then the Alpha will follow that, uh, as well as an event we're doing in L.A. right next door to Supreme. So if anyone's in town uh, next oh, Thursday. Oh, hey, what is that? On Fairfax, right? Yeah, on Fairfax, yeah. So uh, we're doing an event there, like a private event, Thursday night, the 27th. And then Thursday, oh. the 27th through the 30th, we're going to have like a store and like people be, be able to come in and play our game off of like, you know, a QR code and get some merch and stuff like that. No way. That's fire. It's cool. I love that that, that area, uh, Fairfax and all that. Some dope shops. Cool. So let's let's get into it though. Like, I want to hear more about the Artiverse and so what you guys are building, what your vision is for the space, you know, the way you approach gaming. Of course, like you know, we hear a lot about you know people trying to the, the gaming space, and of course, gaming NFTs. Like you know, one of the biggest you know use cases for NFTs is arguably going to be gaming, uh, right? Mando and I talk about this a lot uh, as well in, in the back end, and so kind of want to hear like you know your your the way you're you're approaching gaming, right? We talk about it a lot in space. And so how do you approach uh, gaming in the Web3 space? Well, yeah, look, there's a lot of uh, great companies making some really cool games. I would say that most of them are probably PC games. You know, you're downloading a game or maybe you're playing via the PC browser. Um, and now that Apple's opened things up, people are going to be able to, of course, make app-based games. But the, the kind of rub there is you got to pay Apple and Google 30%, which, you know, to me, isn't like the real spirit of Web3 and the ethos of Web3. And for us, it's really about going direct to players. So... 
by improving the web experience on mobile and then kind of having our games live in the social layer where you just play like Lincoln bio and, you know, you can kind of play off of TikTok or discord on your phone with, you know, the people in your discord, that's kind of a better experience in our view, as long as the game quality is higher. So that's kind of our vision of like how to make web three gaming huge is to go through social media on your phone and then, you know, not have to download apps. But in terms of the game we're making, we kind of realized, you know, mobile games actually skew quite old. Like if you look at the highest spending demographic, it's women 30 to 50 who play like match three games and, you know, narrative games. And then it's men 30 to 50. And then it's kids 12 and under, which are basically those people who are 30 to 50, putting them on their phones for their kids. So we kind of looked at the data. We saw that 13 to 30 is like wide open. And it's kind of strange that's it's like no one's on their phones more than this age group but they're not playing mobile games so it's like why is that partially it's like they didn't grow up with app stores they don't look to apple and google as curators but partially it's they discover all their content from social from friends and influencers and gaming is the only category they can't consume right there on site they can find a game but then they got to go download it it might be two gigs or something like that so we kind of felt like well if we could just make edgier cooler games you know based on tried and true gameplay mechanics that have been proven to work on mobile you know, we might have a chance to do something different and to sort of like, you know, bring everything together. Like imagine if you could sort of bring games into social and then you could also empower players to own their game assets. That would be like a really powerful wedge into a lot of people. So for our first game, we decided to make what's called a, a clash style game. So you guys probably know Clash of Clans or there's Golf Clash or Tennis Clash. But basically these are like quick play PVP games where you play like a sport or you play like a game. And then you either climb the ranks or you go down the ranks. And if you climb the ranks, you're opening up these time chests that have accessories and more character skins. So um, our game is basically like that, but it's beer pong meets Mortal Kombat. So it's a fucking crazy genre Hold matchup. Up. Whoa! <laughs> beer yeah. pong meets Mortal Kombat? Sign yes. me up. <laughs> yeah. So, so basically we kind of like realized beer pong is one of the most widely played games amongst like 18 to 35 year olds and um, you know, for obvious reasons. And it's kind of transcended like frat boy culture into the mainstream probably in the last 10 years. And, you know, we all know like Post Malone plays beer pong every day and, you know, this kind of stuff. But we were like, okay, like a game of beer pong is kind of interesting, but isn't that exciting? But we were like, well, what if you could have superpowers? What if you could like have power ups and freeze the table and eliminate bounce shots or like send an energy blast and knock your opponent through the wall and take out multiple cups with one shot? You know, what if you could have like a giant serpent come up through the table and gobble up someone's ball and you could kind of deploy these things, ghost or levitate your cup, make your opponent miss. And it kind of becomes a battle of momentum um, and these different kind of spells you can cast, if you will, to make the game really fun. So, you know, that's part of it. Uh, also, we have like a heat meter and a phase meter. So if you guys know NBA Jam from back in the day, you can like catch fire. So we kind of have something like that. And then you have these devastating finishing moves, uh, kind of like you would in Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat. So that's the game. Um, it's kind of uh, representative of the tone of the games we'll make. So it's kind of like memefied and like left of center and weird, but like hopefully very fun and addictive. And uh, we're also working with a lot of cool music producers on the music. So Take a Day Trip, who produces all of Lil Nas X's music for the most part. And he's made music for Kid Cudi and Travis Scott and Kanye. They're doing all the music for our game and they're also our partner on season two they made all the music for our nfts um so yeah that's kind of what we're up to hold up dude you're name dropping hard right now and uh this is really sick i'm also looking at your list of investors i see the homie and homies in there i mean i see fuck render andrew wang he's down there andrew i didn't know you were doing this stuff um i see andy founder of tessera bobby and ben hundreds 
YouTube founder, Zynga founder, Kevin Durant, Naomi Osaka, the Winklevi. Jeez. <laughs> Dude, you guys really got your shit going on. This is really cool. And, yeah, and so- we've been kind of in more of a stealth kind of building mode because you oh, know God. we had to build so much technology. Yeah. Um, and now we're kind of basically putting ourselves out into the world over the last like month and the, the next, you know, for the rest of this year. So we're starting to do spaces and we're starting to like talk about what we're up to, you know, so that's, that's why we have so many investors and all this stuff is because, you know, we've been building a lot of legit tech for a while. Wait, now- Armando, are you telling me that you guys built something before you're trying to sell ours an NFT? Yeah. No, we, the company oh. is almost four years old. So our technology okay. is, is <laughs> incredible. Um, we have, uh, you know, our engineering talent's insane. We have world-class blockchain developers, world-class um, back-end engineers. Um, so the tech is, you know, the hard part. The The NFT component is part of the promise of the future, you know, but um, not only did we have to build the tech, but we also had to get the game far enough along that we felt comfortable, you know, have releasing these characters that Ryan mentioned. So the game isn't like, oh, this game is coming in a year. Here's a concept video. The game is literally coming out in a few weeks. Well, the alpha version anyway. So like we're we're pretty far along compared to 95% of other projects out there. Wow, this is really cool. And obviously you guys have an extensive background uh, in, 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 in gaming uh, and you're building something really dope. And so I, I want to hear more about it. Honestly, I want to hear more about it. Uh, you have a huge team, uh, 50 people plus. Uh, that's what I'm reading, uh, which is really cool. People from like Riot Games, Activision, EA, Zynga, King, Clue Mobile, like it's just a bunch of dope ass people. I mean, I kind of want to learn more about this. Like you're saying you've been running for four years, right? You, you actually have been building this for a long time. And now you, you're coming, uh, you know, in the Web3 NFT space. Uh, question is, so can can I hear more about like, you know, how you like what you've been building for the last few years, and then like, you know, what made you guys like, what was the click for you guys? What was that moment where you said like, yo, this is the space in which like we need to be like, you know, like releasing this game? Yeah, well, we definitely had that epiphany. We had some like crypto investors early before we had kind of made the full decision to you know go fully Web three, but we were already sort of circumventing or planning on circumventing app stores so our ethos was already like hey like you know fuck middlemen like let's not be beholden to these like web 2 platforms let's go directly to players on the social channels you know through link bio or through tweets so we kind of already had that ethos um and we had some investors like the winklevoss twins or like barry silbert from digital currency group so we were just paying attention and then it kind of clicked and we were like okay what's going on here everyone's wearing repping their profile picture of their NFT and they have skin in the game. They're super committed, right? So what if you had your best players super committed and repping your brand, you know, on social, like that's where the game is played. It kind of coalesces, right? So we kind of thought that would be interesting. And also we were looking at the play to earn space and we kind of knew that that wasn't for us because we saw it as a limiting factor. Like if you have to, as a newbie, set up Coinbase, link a bank account, buy ETH, transfer it to MetaMask, buy the native token, you know, buy good enough nfts that perform well enough because they're stat based to win and then it becomes this like pay to win scenario where the richest players are the best players so it all just becomes like a limiting factor in terms of how many players you can get so we we're just kind of like let's do a free-to-play game no different than fortnite or call of duty or anything else and the premium character skins are just nfts like the game business is the same like anyone can just play but if you want to rep the best skins you got to win them in the game or you got to buy and collect them 
Interesting. Okay, I love that approach. So let's talk about the NFTs then. Like, how are you guys approaching it when it comes to dropping these NFTs uh, and you're talking yeah. about kids and winning them and whatnot? So let's talk about that because I really first wanted to like really understand like you guys' background and see like, you know, what is this for yours? Like, what 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 is RTverse and how you've been building it? But now I'm curious about what you guys are coming uh, coming with right now and like those in-game NFTs, what you're winning. Like, how did this all work? What's the dynamic there? So we're there. It's actually related to some of the things that people were talking about earlier on this episode. Um, so I'll just I'll touch on on three points. One is we're we're focusing on the the premium items that Ryan mentioned. So in other words, the characters. Like we're not just you know the NFTs aren't just like random you know backpacks or something. Like we're really focusing on the thing that people would put on social media because that's where these games are played. Um, so I think that's really important. Um, but the other thing is that um, we are releasing these characters in seasonal smaller batches instead of trying to do like 10,000 or whatever people were doing, you know, at, during the, the bull run or, or whatever to try and get as much revenue as possible. We wanted to actually spread it out um, because games are seasonal. So we're doing these smaller batches. Um, season one is already out there. Season two is about to come out this week. Um, so that that's a key part of our strategy. And another thing that I'll mention is that our NFTs actually use a combination of static and dynamic traits. You know how you were talking about like never, you know, you can you can't fuck with a crypto punk. Um, we are actually going for a hybrid system where some of the traits are dynamic and will change based on what happens in the game or even IRL. Um, but other traits are locked, and we think that that's a super interesting kind of approach that is probably the future. Um, so those are some of the, some of our ideas. Interesting. Okay. That's really cool. And so oh, wait, actually for, let okay. me mention one more thing. Yeah, yeah, um, we actually have a similar um, kind of approach to what you were touching on earlier as well with the Azuki 721A, um, for, you know, uh, that, that they uh, released um, their, yeah their uh, specification. So um, yeah, our system is actually, it, we think even more performant um, than theirs. So we're pretty proud of kind of the efficiencies we have on the, on um, our uh, approach to minting is basically extremely gas efficient and completely eliminates bots. So we're, we're excited about the technology that we've created there as well. So actually, let, let's dive deeper into this technology because I actually, I kind of want to like reiterate on the, uh, on something that you guys are talking about. How, you know, your tech uh, allows to play all these games like on a Web2 platform, right? So you're platform agnostic, clearly. And it's super interesting how you can play the game directly on TikTok, IG, Discord, Twitter, whatnot. Like, but while being, uh, you know, a blockchain game. So can can you... Could you explain a little bit like how this works out? Because I know you mentioned it briefly earlier, uh, Ryan. Yeah. Like, how does this work? So I can be on Twitter and play your game, but it's a blockchain game, right? Yes. And I actually have one of our Shazam bomb who's in the audience. If we can bring him up, he yeah, can yeah, also yeah. talk more. Request, please. One of our engineers, he can talk about um, some of the stuff. But essentially, um, what, what's super interesting, in my opinion, about what we're doing is we're on mainnet. So we are using the Ethereum blockchain, not some random janky sidechain that we created. Um, and we yet we need to maintain sync. So like when you 
are playing our game and you, you know, say something happens to one of your characters, like these are NFTs that are dynamic. So we also have to be able to kind of synchronize what's happening in, in this game and other games um, with that NFT character. Um, so it's, it's a really kind of like, kind of like, like we said earlier, it's really the future of NFT gaming. Um, you know, maintaining this real-time synchronization between the blockchain and multiple games and the NFTs. Uh, that we think is incredibly powerful. So if we can get Shazam. Yeah, he's right there. Shazam Bomb, what's up? Good morning. Um, Yo, tell me more about this. Because I'm like, like, I, listen, I'm no gamer, but like this really has got me geeking. Like you're telling me I can play these games uh, while being on Twitter. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, 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 it's tied to NFTs, blockchain. I find it so cool. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I actually like worked on this feature like literally last week. Um, so in order to associate someone's wallet with your account, we basically have you go to a web page from the game and you can connect your wallet and you sign a message. And basically that's like your login. You, you log into your account and we, we tie the, uh, you know, your in-game account to your wallet and you can have multiple wallets that you associate with your uh, your game account. So you can have, say, if you have five burner wallets, right? You can associate them all with one in-game account. And so you can always also log into different in-game accounts with uh, different wallets and it'll just invalidate it with the other accounts. So really it's just a game of, um, you know, syncing wallets with, in-game accounts. That's all it is. And then just to add from the, the game engine side, so we've been working with Unity for about four years and got to know all of their like senior team. And, you know, like I said, it's like normal web games are just strictly using HTML or JavaScript. So they have sort of a low ceiling on sort of graphics quality, complexity, scope. And then if you look at cloud games, they have latency issues on mobile connections and they also are really expensive to run. By some estimates, it costs about 35 to 40 cents per player per hour for Amazon or Microsoft to run a cloud game. And then if you're actually running it, you know, to pay them for their service, it could be even more. So if you kind of think about the economics of like how expensive it is per hour to run a game, if it's a free to play game, you're going to be losing massive money. So our approach is basically streaming the data of the game and rendering it in your web browser, but we're actually running a micro runtime of Unity's renderer and we're running a C-sharp Unity game. So sort of think of it as like running Unity, like a small version of Unity in your web browser and then kind of controlling it from the cloud and kind of dynamically streaming the data down as you play in just a more efficient way than what sort of a normal web game would do. I got a question. Like you said, it's on mainnet Ethereum. So like how many transactions does your game actually do? Because, you know, when, when Ethereum is cheap, it's nice. But if Ethereum goes crazy, the fees start going crazy. And then I don't know how, you know, I don't know how your game works. Is there like a lot of transactions that happen on chain? So right now we're focusing on kind of like achievements and upgrades that happen to the character. Um, but over time, um, you know, as the Ethereum blockchain uh, improves, which it has recently, um, we think that this is like the correct approach because it, it's just going to become something that becomes much more scalable for us. I don't know if you want to add anything, Shazam. Well, yeah, I, I mean, worth also, I could... it's worth also mentioning we're only talking about premium like character skins and we're not doing like a lot of smaller in-game items that are flowing constantly. Yeah, and and for, I, I, I guess if we are planning 
on having like smaller, more frequent transactions that occur. We have been looking into rollups. Um, ZK rollup has, has been one that has really caught my eye the most. Um, but in terms of like a ton of transactions, the game really doesn't do many other than like, you know, purchasing, minting or trading NFTs. Yeah, but but also it's a philosophical thing. Like you don't need necessarily to say like have real time, you know, hit points on the on the blockchain today. In our opinion, like that's not why people are using NFTs or using NFTs for ownership and other things. So it's like doing using the blockchain for the right thing, the thing that matters, like I was saying earlier, the the concept of like static and dynamic traits that are mixed. Um, and the relationship that, you know, your NFT has with the game engine um, is like the appropriate use of the technology today without any compromises, in, in our opinion. I hope that makes sense. It's like, you know, what people care about is like certain things, right? They want to be able to use the PFP. They want to know that, you know, certain things are never going to change. But then other things are like really not important. Those um, don't necessarily have to be on the blockchain. So that's our current strategy. And the other thing worth mentioning is we just want to be interoperable with all the wallets and on OpenSea. And when we looked at a lot of layer twos, they're not on OpenSea, at least not all of them. And they're not interoperable with MetaMask necessarily. So I think layer one for that reason is really important. Interesting. This is really cool. And so and so you've got you've got obviously the drop coming up in a couple of days, right? On October 20th, which is RT season two. So I kind of want to touch on that, you know, as we're, we're getting closer to noon. But uh, so talk to me about this drop ebook coming up, how it works out and all this stuff. I mean, we pinned that at the top for anybody who's curious and wants to follow along as we're talking to us about it. Um, and it's called I'm Already Dead, season two. Let's talk about this. Yeah, so we met this artist named Junkyard a while ago. He lives in L.A. He's from South Africa. And he does this kind of 1930s rubber hose style cartoon look. Um, so all the characters are in black and white. There's a little pop of red here and there. Um, but yeah, it's a really unique style. All of our NFTs are primarily video based as the primary media. So you'll see sort of fully animated characters and immersive environments. Um, you know, you also get PFPs as this like kind of attached media. You get um, the music from Take a Day Trip. Uh, you get gifts. So all this stuff comes with commercial rights, of course. Um, so yeah, it's just a different way to do NFTs. Like, so we're not doing like the typical you know, um, 2D PFP, it's actually a video, um, but we do give you the PFPs as well. And then our first drop we did was from an artist called Choco Toy, and he and his wife uh, live in Mexico City, and they do a lot with Jay Balvin and Bad Bunny. They, they created their album art for the collab album and some of the stuff that they did for their tour. And then we worked with the music producer Tiny, uh, who's like, I think the biggest reggaeton producer in the world right now. He makes probably the majority of the music for Bad Bunny and uh, Jay Balvin. So yeah, every season is a new artist. Every season has a new music artist that makes music and then uh, these are all playable game characters. Dope. And for anybody who's who's wondering, there is a giveaway going on at the top. And so we're doing three season two NFTs. We're doing five wireless spots at the green discs. And it's up there. It's you got to follow Rug Radio and Artyverse. And you got to retweet, tag, all that good stuff. So it's it's the pin at the top for anybody who's curious uh, to check it out. And so what's next? So talk to me about what's next for Artyverse. Like once this mint is done, it's happening in, three, in two days, sorry. On the 20th, after tomorrow, uh, once that once that's all said and done, like what are you guys what are you, what are you guys looking forward to the most, like in the space and what you're building with Artiverse? 
Well, we're kind of going from alpha to beta and then to soft launch. So sort of you'll see the alpha come out within the next couple of weeks in the month of October, right after this mint. Uh, we'll run that for about a month or so, and it'll be, you know, just a small group of people playing. And, you know, that'll essentially show you that you can play as your character. You can play other people through matchmaking. You can play in social, and the graphics will hopefully look far better than most web games you'll see. But I think the real fun comes in the beta in the middle of Q1 when we add all of the power-ups and all of the tournament mode and earnable nfts so we're kind of upgrading the game along the way as we go and then by q2 we'll do our official launch so kind of everything's focused on that go to market for the game and then um, we do have another drop planned in the future but that'll come much later once we have a lot of players uh, playing the game so it's that and then this event uh, that we're doing in la next week um, next to supreme as mentioned and you know i don't know armando anything else uh, yeah, I mean, those are the main, you know, getting our first game out and getting our third season out are going to be awesome. So I think it's we're really, really focused on that and just building as much value and utility as possible. We're also going to start talking a lot more about all the technology we've built um, because we're super proud of that. I, I do believe that we're a leader in the space. We're definitely up there with some other brand names. So like we're, you know, we want to start making it known what we've done. So that way, yeah, people can follow along and get excited about all this crazy stuff. <laughs> and, and two other things to mention, we are going to open up our tech and platform to game developers later next year. And we are starting to be to begin working with a couple of select third parties and doing a couple of adaptations. So we kind of recognize there might be a mobile game that has great fundamentals, but just couldn't make it to market or didn't have the marketing dollars. So we're, you know, kind of looking at games like that, that we can, you know, ad adapt and bring to our platform, but also new games and indie games that we can bring as well. Cause we want to create like a, a whole community of game developers, not just our own games. And then also wanted to mention in our first game, we're currently talking about bringing in like premium NFTs from other blue chips as boss battles. So Farouk, for example, we could take your PFP, turn that into a boss battle in our game, uh, which I think would be pretty cool. Interesting. Do you want to double down on that? I'm kind of curious more about this stuff, the boss battle stuff. Yeah, so we kind of thought, like, it's cool that we have our own IP and our own characters, and obviously, like, we're creating a whole universe around that, but we also want to get other communities into our game. We want to, like, help them find utility. So before we say go and, like, create 3D assets for the entire Punks collection, which is a massive lift, right, we thought, oh, we could just work with a couple of people bring in a couple of really well-known uh, characters from other collections in as boss battles, basically like, you know, you're playing lots of other people, but then occasionally you, you play like a boss, you know, like an AI boss in the game. So we thought that was an opportunity if we want to get in like a punk or, a, or an ape or something else um, to begin to introduce that idea. But then eventually, you know, we could integrate full collections so that we kind of have this universe of lots of different uh, communities coming together. Interesting. Okay, this is cool. KD, I see your hands raised. you have a question for Artie? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, first of all, uh, OSF's Rec Guy would be a great boss battle. Uh, and then... <laughs> yeah, actually, you know what? Yeah, I agree with that. I love and then, that. Uh, secondly, uh, Artie, uh, I'm curious for you guys. Um, you, you defined a little bit of like kind of what you're looking for Q1, Q2 next year. Let's like fast forward a year from now. Like what kind of metrics are you guys looking for in order for like your launch to be defined as a success for you? Yeah, I think by the end of the next year, just what we're looking for is can we break 100,000 daily active users in our game, which I think is a good but modest goal when compared to sort of the larger mobile gaming space. If you look at kind of Clash style games, you know, the successful ones range from like 
you know, a few hundred thousand daily actives to about a million. Um, so, you know, if you look in that zone, those games are pretty successful, making lots of money. So that's kind of our ambition for our first game. We do have the challenge of like, we're not going through the app store. You know, we're not going to have a conventional app on your home screen. We are looking at things like, you know, of course you can download, you know, a link as a pseudo app icon. You have progressive web apps, which give you like a better web experience with like, you know, better UI. So you can kind of do this in between of like a web page in Twitter and like a, and, a, and an app. Uh, but I think those are the metrics. And then probably having like a small handful of games in the ecosystem by the end of next year. We're also starting to work on our second game, which I think if we're doing well, could be out in beta by the end of next year. No way. That's cool. Damn. I like that. I like it. I like the way you get, dude, I'm, I don't know about you guys, mental stuff. I get excited <laughs> about the future because, like, even the quality of the teams that are entering the space is just like, damn. That like the bar is listen. The bar is raising, y'all. The bar is definitely, the bar is definitely think... been raised. Like I, I, I got the little, you know, I got the. I, I'm looking at this. I'm listening to these guys talk about their fucking game and what they've been doing for four years. I'm like, damn, it's gonna be competitions getting high. What's up, Mando? Yeah, look, I think the only thing about crypto gaming is that it just has this unfortunately has a bit of a bad rep at the moment with gamers but like i think it's the, the fact that so many people who who are involved in gaming recognize the value of this it's just kind of been missold in different ways over the last year and there are different ways from now that we're going to try and i don't know um make it easier first, firstly to onboard over a range of different like platforms like you said this is going to be um available in a way which perhaps is going to be easier for onboarding of a number of different uh, gamers and also just creating those rails without so people don't even know they're using the nft technology um or they're using blockchain technology i think is it's going to be a big part of kind of getting people involved so I'm um yeah I I'm I'm all for this like this does feel like a a smarter way of onboarding people rather than starting with the blockchain you're starting with what people are using on a day, daily basis and then working out how we can make it work for that a hundred percent like first and foremost like just make a fun game that people want to play and that will be the Trojan horse into Web three for many people like just get them playing your game and then maybe three weeks in they're like oh shit I want a tournament I'm atop the leaderboard I've earned the right to mint an FT what is that oh, this is what a wallet is. Okay, now that I have a thing waiting for me that's worth $1,000, okay, I'm going to take the time to go do that. So I think you're absolutely right. And also, like, we have to reset from sort of play to earn to whatever's next. And I think a lot of people got introduced to, you know, crypto gaming the wrong way. And, and as I like to sort of say, we were seeing the gamification of finance, and now what we need to see is the financialization of gaming, which is a different thing. That's interesting. That's dope. Well, listen, this is this is really cool. Uh, and and for everybody who's curious to, to, to learn more about 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 the RTverse, it's the RTverse because I know we're gonna upload this across all platforms uh, as uh, as usual. Uh, you know, the RTverse, T H E A R T I E V E R S E. Uh, I don't know if you know. Before we go, uh, Ryan Armando, if you guys want to kind of like tell people like what to do on the twentieth, what to mint, where to go, and whatnot. Yeah, so on the 20th, uh, we're going to do an early access window for our Season 1 holders. Um, they're all minting at 0.1 ETH, and they have a four-hour window. And we're also giving away a third of the season for free to our Season 1 holders. And that kind of occurred via an airdrop of these different disks they can use. Uh, so that starts at, uh, I believe, 12 p.m. Pacific on Thursday, 3 p.m. Eastern time um, for that four-hour window. And then the public mint happens four hours later. Uh, so I think that's... Uh, if I'm not mistaken, around 4 p.m. Pacific, 
Uh, and I guess that's uh, 7 p.m. Eastern on Thursday. Let's go. You heard it here. Thank you, uh, Ryan. Thank you, Armando. Shout out to the Artiverse team uh, for being today's partners on the show and coming on and talking about what you guys are up to. Really impressed, honestly, and, uh, and excited to hear more you know, solid teams coming to the space and, and building, especially gaming, right? Something a lot of people are interested in. And, you know, it seems like a lot of people have trouble, like, like you know, really like, getting into that, obviously, because we are early. Yeah, OV, we are still very early. Uh, <laughs> and with that, with that, the church bells are ringing in Montreal, Canada. That's God's way of telling me. Get back to work, Farouk. <laughs> and that means we'll see y'all tomorrow morning at 12.30 a.m. Oh, my God. My God. I think, okay, I need to run to the dentist. At 12, no, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. 7.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Tomorrow we have Nine Gag CEO coming on the show. I'm excited. This is long. Um, this is long coming. So long overdue. I'm excited to have that. Shout out to my co-host, as usual. Big week, though, right? Big Pardon? week. We got, we got some big guests on Thursday as well, right? Thursday, Are we revealing that yet or not? Uh, Thursday, we have Stanny, founder of, co-founder of Avi and, and founder of Lance Protocol. And we have the Meebits guy coming on right before that. That'll be sick. Uh, and then, I don't know who we have Friday. I think we have someone else. It's pretty fire. Um, anyways, week after week, man, though. Show's lit. Not gonna lie. Um, we're kind of crushing it. Um, <laughs> yeah, CEO owns my bag, by the way. Like my other ape that I sold, he owns it. <laughs> no way! Yep. Then I guess we'll get to Tom right on stage that he bought your bags. Uh, good to know you dumped your bags on one of our future guests. Thank you. Uh, and so, <laughs> just kidding. Anyways, I gotta run. I love y'all. That was a lot of fun. Big shout out to the Artiverse. Thank you, Armando. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, best of luck. Though I don't think you'll need luck uh, for Thursday. I'm really uh, excited uh, for you guys are coming up. If you want to partake in the giveaway, it's pinned. It's on the Artiverse's Twitter account. Uh, we, did, we did a little thing with them and Rug Radio, so super excited about that. OSF, Mando, as usual, pleasure co-hosting. Ed, 5511, Golden's going to post a thread as usual in the next five minutes. We're going to upload the show across all platforms by end of day and have these little clips uploaded as well. KD, thank you for coming as well. Shazam as well. And with that, we'll see you all tomorrow morning, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for another episode of Jam NFTs on Rug Radio. Let's go. And it's a beautiful day to have a beautiful day. A GM, GM. On this beautiful day. A good morning, NFTs. With Baroko, Sef, and Mando. Got the alpha on.